You're listening to Facts of Faith on SAFM. Hashtag Facts of Faith. Good morning. Welcome. You're listening to Fact of Faith. I'm Nayar Pandora with you until 4 o'clock. We're t- no, no, until 11 o'clock. Did I say 4? Yeah, 11 o'clock. Good morning. Thank you very much for tuning in today. We're focusing on one question, one simple question. Should religion be regulated? In the light of what has been happening in the Eastern Cape at the Seven Angels. Is Seven Angels or what, 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 what are they, by the way? Anyway, that ministry that seems to have been marred by so much evil and yet it's supposed to be holy and divine people are killed children are forced into marriage people are taken out of school especially children so many things that have happened and the latest of the events is the event of them being allegedly involved in the shooting at the police station we're saying allegedly because it has not been t- tried and tested in a court of law so we need to find out in light of all these events and we know of many that have happened before which instigated the commission uh, to investigate what's happening there with people being fed snakes and grass and petrol and being doomed and so forth many things happening and you know for the prophets which i'm not going to name because he's not here to defend himself but it is church a child died there and the allegation is because they were turned away from a hospital regardless of what happened this is what we find ourselves grappling with now faith communities that seem to be going beyond the bounds of faith but now dealing with the destruction of human lives what then shall we do should religion be regulated yes we do know that we have freedom of expression freedom of conscience and our democratic right to have freedom of religion should we in spite of it all should we regulate religion that's our question for today facts of faith begins right now you're listening to Facts of Faith on SAFM. The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or of that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. Facts of Faith begins right now. Let me introduce you to our guests for today, and we do have three of them. We do have one of our regular guests, and we appreciate every time he gives us his time, Apostle Julius Malo, who is the president of the Christian Ministers' Council of Southern Africa. Good morning to you, Apostle, and thank you very much once again for joining us. Good morning, Naye, and uh, good morning to the listeners of SAFM. We also do have Sheikh Munir Abdurahof, Muslim Judicial Council Executive and Attorney and University at the University of Western Cape Law Faculty Lecturer. Good morning to you, Sheikh, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Uh, good morning, Naye, and to the listeners out there, and thank you for having me to educate. We do have also the chairperson of the Congress of Traditional Leaders of South Africa and Provincial House of Traditional Leaders in the Eastern Cape, Ngosimwana Nongonyana Azanemvul. 
Nah, good morning. And uh, also the panelists, good morning. And to all your listeners, uh, thank you very much for the opportunity. Let's get down to it. And our question for today is plain and simple. Should we regulate, regulate religion? Should we regulate religion? We understand we're not talking about the Constitution. We understand what the Constitution says, and I hope and trust that we will not be um, infringing on the constitutional liberties, but in terms of law and the development of law in our country and in safeguarding the rights of the people to be alive before they even get to enjoy uh, those liberties, should we regulate religion? We're going to begin with you, Apostle. Yes, sir. I, I, I think that... Uh we will, we have always we will always be promoting self regulation over and above government imposed regulation obviously there is a need for some degree of of uh you know responsibility that must be exercised by religious leaders uh in their in their operations you know as far as their faith and beliefs is concerned um we we are just sensitive to the issue of the extent at which government wants to get itself involved in trying to regulate uh, the space of religion, faith, and belief. Let's trace the path towards the stage that we're finding ourselves in. Before the commission even took place and, and, and investigated and suggested such some things as they're suggesting, we had things happening by faith communities exclusively, and now we're going to focus on the Christian community because we've seen so many things happening with the Christian community, uh, to the point that this self-regulation you're suggesting, uh, Apostle, has not taken effect at all. Quite frankly, you have no hold over many of these communities that are in violation of people's human rights. And that's why people went and complained to the commission. And the commission, being a responsible commission, had, had to investigate and had these findings. And many people suggested that perhaps there is a requirement and a need, a devastating need to regulate. How do you respond to that? Well, you, you're correct. Remember, faith and belief, is, it's not very easy to draw a pattern of operation. So therefore, you cannot, it, you cannot come with a prescriptive attitude to say this is acceptable and this is not acceptable. But however, the rules and laws in South Africa are in place to make sure that uh, uh, whatever that is out of line with what the Constitution allows. For an example, uh, the example of the Ingobor issues, people have been arrested. We know that even now, uh, Prophet Domodoso is still in prison. So there are laws within the country that are effective and they are working where there is transgression of law. But the minute you go and want to prescribe how one must manifest his religious beliefs, that is where we, we get a challenge. But and that's what we're talking about. When we're speaking of regulation of religion, we're not talking about how you're going to manifest your religious beliefs. We're simply saying there should be laws that are going to govern who and how you practice your faith. For example, the who is anyone who's qualified and has the legal right to do so and how as long as you do not find yourself shooting at police officers. I'll give you an example. Yes, I think that I'm, I am agreeing with that part. However, the challenge is that when you come and say these are the legal prescripts within which you can operate, if it goes to the point of um, you know prescribing the practice itself, how and how how far, those where the challenges are. So we are saying, and I and I agree with you when you say that we don't have a hold over 
everybody that is operating within the Christian religious faith space. But we are working on progressively getting to that level whereby people can have some kind of a standard measure of operation of which we will voluntarily subscribe to so that we can make sure that there is some sense of uh, responsibility. Therein lies the problem, Apostle, voluntary. That key word, voluntary, what about those who do not volunteer to participate? Unfortunately, we have a very liberal constitution of South Africa. I think it's the most liberal one in the world, whereby you cannot impose your your faith practices on anybody else. So if somebody has got three people that that they believe in one specific issue, um, we, we cannot really want to force them. Remember, freedom of association, we still have to, 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 to look into that. And we cannot impose ourselves and say, because you are within a religious space and this is what you're doing, therefore, you have to. I'll give you an example, Apostle. I'm going to move on. I'm going to, I'm going to give you an example. In the legal fraternity, which everybody is, is sometimes touched by one way or the other, you cannot practice as re- and represent people's interests and be a lawyer or an advocate or represent another person if you're not a member of a bar. Now, that's, that's a, a, a compulsory requirement. You just cannot represent other people. You can go and represent yourself and court, but you can't stand before a competent court and represent another person uh, if you're not a member of a bar. And such is an, a, a legislation that perhaps would be required for if you're going to be a leader of a religious community. I'm giving an example here. This is just examples. This is not a requirement. If you're going to be a leader of a religious community, you must be a member of some religious organization or the other which is affiliated to the laws of our country. We cannot use the two as, as a comparative because remember, when you go into any other profession, it is basically your will and your desire. A calling is totally different thing, the spiritual thing. So it is not like somebody wished to be a pastor. You are called by God, just like being a Sangomo Gutuasa, just like all of these other faith-based practices. It is not a desire, and I think that's where we make the mistake of understanding and interpretation. Personally, for me, I didn't wake up one day to say I want to be a pastor. I wanted to be an economist. But when you call, you're called, and that's the difference. So we cannot apply uh, a willing person who goes and joins the profession as if everybody does that. Okay, all right. Let's bring in Sheikh Munir Abdurraouf. Uh, Sheikh, should religion be regulated? Yes, well, thank you, Mike, for the question. Um, as far as the Muslim Judicial Council of Africa is concerned, um, we are also in the view that um, there should be self-regulation. Um, the reason for this is that uh, we do believe in... Sheikh, uh, forgive me, Sheikh. Is, is that you with the noise in the background? I can't make, it, make out what that noise is. Is that coming from your side? I, I, I don't know. Okay, it's, it's gone um, for now. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, Sheikh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that uh, the Muslim Judicial Council of South Africa uh, is also in favor of um, self-regulation, right? as um, we do have in the Muslim community a number of organizations that represent a large number of um, religious clerics and imams, maulanas, and so forth. And, and we do believe that these uh, organizations are um, by the means to regulate as far as uh, uh, internal matters concerning the religion is concerned. Um, as far as criminal law is concerned, uh, I be- so we believe that that is in the realm of the, um, the, the government, and they should actually enforce uh, more stricter measures um, in order to, um, to, 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 to prosecute any person that um, 
breaks the law in the name of religion. But do you understand the requirement there, Sheikh? It seems as though while both yourself and uh, the Apostle are in favor of self-regulation, this self-regulation has not yet taken effect. We see things happening in the faith com- amongst faith communities, which the faith communities that are supposed to be self-regulating are not regulating. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. As far as the um, criminal law is concerned, they, they might be doing this in the name of religion, but for example, under the banner of the Muslim Judicial Council, if if something were to happen which goes totally against what uh, the Muslim Judicial Council stands for, uh, I would not think it to be to be correct that uh, a person could then stand up and do it in the name of of, of the organisation. Um, yeah, uh, it happens in many different uh, institutions, even in, in, in the name of the, the South African Constitution. You can't uh, uh, do something and state that you're doing it in the name of the Constitution, but it goes against the principles and the foundation and fundamentals of, of, of the South African Constitution. Um, so, but we do believe that uh, there are existing laws, criminal laws, that uh, are in place but that government is not doing their fair share in order to uh, to uh, uh, to enforce the law and to convict and prosecute. It those sounds, persons. with respect, Sheikh, it sounds as though you're pussing yeah. the buck to the government, and yet you are advocating for self-regulation. So I'm going to ask you once again to reconsider this point. If you're moving for self-regulation, it would appear as though whilst you want to be self-regulated, when things happen, these things happen without any form of regulation from yourself. Stand by. I'm going to give you an opportunity to breathe in this matter shortly after this. Naye Lupondwana on Facts of Faith. We're in conversation with three of our guests, Sheikh Munir Abdurraouf. We're in conversation with Ngozi Muelo Nongonyana and also with Apostle Julius Malloy. Uh, I understand, uh, Sheikh, you're about to leave in a short while. So I just want to press you to respond to this. Why is it that we don't see any much regulation from the religious community and yet you're pushing for self-regulation? Yes, um, on the question you asked earlier on, you stated there that um, we are pushing for self-regulation, and as far as criminal law is concerned, obviously the, the, the faith community is not the government, we're not uh, the prosecutors, we're not the uh, investigating officers. We're not going to look into that, because there's already a, a judicial system in place. What we're looking at, the self-regulation of internal matters. Right? Um, if we look at what uh, the current status of, of, of what they are proposing, um, there is basically the individual practitioners, there will be the master, the church, umbrella organizations, the peer review committee, the peer review council, and finally the final appeal goes to the uh, CRL commission. So there is a bit of inter- interference by, by the state. So we, what, what we are stating is that leave it within the, the, the realm of the religious organization, like, for example, the Muslims, the Christians, and so forth, let them regulate the internal matters. But if it comes to something which is unlawful, right, that is the, the big question. And many of the examples that we are seeing in the media are things that are unlawful. It is in, against the law. And, uh, and, and I don't think it, it should be that the um, organization or the religious community that should now enforce uh, legal sanctions against these persons. It should be the, the government. And they, that is right where you're stating that you're passing the buck. Because... The current matters that we do find, be it the God of Doom or all of these things, are instances where they have gone against the law.
and even in, within the religious communities, we can't go against the law. Um, that not, is our view. Okay. Uh, let me ask a, a pointed question there, Sheikh. Do you know of any document that is supposedly or that purports to be a religious organization's document on regulations, religious regulations, since you're speaking of self-regulation? Is there any document that you have put together yourselves to regulate yourselves? Yeah, if you look at, for example, like the, the Muslim Judicial Council, right, we have about 300 uh, plus minus uh, imams, maulana, sheikhs, that basically have um, registered with the Muslim Judicial Council. We do have a code of conduct. We do have a discipline, disciplinary measures within the Muslim Judicial Council. We have basically uh, a senior council. We have a general council. We have an executive council. And um, basically, we have certain... Um, uh, we are registered as a non-profit organization. We have to also be in conformity with the Constitution of South Africa. So there are mechanisms that are in place. And if any one of our members of the Muslim Judicial Council then oversteps what the internal matters concerning our religion is concerned, then they have to be sanctioned in terms of the provisions and processes and laws of the Muslim Judicial Council. My question However, was about the, the, the faith yeah. bodies together, not just the individuals. Yeah. The, the entirety of the faith communities within the, Re- the Republic of South Africa. Do you have a document that you have come together, formulated as individuals coming together? Do you have such documents, such regulations? Basically, between uh, uh, different organizations. Yes, There are basically a, a few, but not, 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 not with all of the, the organizations in the South African context. No, at this point in time, there's nothing like that. All right. That's 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 my knowledge. That, that that's perhaps the the nub of the issue. Uh, I, I want to bring in Ungosimwe and Ungonyana. You've heard both your colleagues in the panel, sire. Uh, do you also support, or are, are you against? What is your take? Should religion be regulated? Well, uh, thank you very much. I've heard them. With respect, I differ with both of them. Uh, we have uh, no hesitation to answer the question with a big yes. And uh, we say so because, uh, um, yes, although they are saying ideally they've got a self-regulatory regime, but um, we respect that because we are in South Africa, which is a constitutional state, which guarantees uh, the fundamental rights of individuals. Therefore, which means, therefore, that if as a Methodist that I am, for instance, I'm governed by the laws of discipline of Methodist Church of Southern Africa. But that document uh, is more than above the constitution of the Republic of South Africa. I take it that uh, the other uh, religions, Muslims, Hindus, etc., they do have uh, the Quran and other documents more than above the constitution of South Africa. Which means, therefore, that if there's any other thing that happens uh, which affects me, it may be, con- it may be committed by one de- denomination, uh, and it may affect not only uh, me, it uh, may affect other people. Clearly, uh, there is a need, therefore, to regulate that environment. Because self-regulation means, therefore, that as a Methodist, for instance, I'm bound by the laws of, uh, and disciplines of my church. But the, uh, the others who are not Methodist church are not bound by that. 
which means therefore that if like several angels, for instance, uh, they are bound by their own regu- uh, self-regulation, but uh, the, the fact that they exist in a traditional community, the fact that, uh, of course, uh, they are harboring criminals, and the fact that they are taking our children there, clearly it cannot be said it is uh, within their domain. Clearly the state must intervene on behalf of the people. Hence, it is crucial in, uh, in our view that uh, there must be a regulatory regime. Yes, uh, we needed to have some sort of a commission. We must be sensitive to that to give them the, the, the right as churches within their own um, uh, sphere of operation to have that freedom. But uh, uh, if that freedom affects uh, the rights of the individual and uh, the responsibility of the state to govern, therefore the state must therefore intervene. Hence, we are saying that the regulations uh, must therefore uh, be put in place. We are saying so for various reasons. Uh, for instance, uh, it is not um, uncommon in F1 family that they belong to different uh, faiths, and it is a problem even to bury a loved one. The other they don't want to bury on Saturday, the other one they don't want to bury on Sunday. All those, it affects us as traditional leaders and our communities directly. Clearly, therefore, we needed to come up with a mechanism so that at least there is peace within our own community, uh, which is conducive to development of our country as we are part of a developmental state. Hence, uh, uh, in my view, is that uh, I think the issue of self-regulation Yes, I, uh, daily it would have been, uh, they have been given over 20, 20 years by the democratic state. It has failed completely. I think we have pointed out, and even them, they have considered in some other point, that some priests are in p- prison, and some are actually um, uh, facing uh, criminal uh, charges. Clearly, therefore, the state must intervene. All right. Just hold that thought, all three of you gentlemen. Oh, by the way, I understand that the Sheikh has to leave. Sheikh, thank you very much for your time, and we hope we'll have you more and longer uh, next time. Sheikh Munir Abdurrauf, Muslim Judicial Council Executive and Attorney, and at the University of the Western Cape Law Faculty. He's a lecturer there. Now, uh, where there are South Africans, good times and great food, there's sunfoil. This live test cricket action between South Africa and Australia is proudly brought to you by Sunfoil. Now we're cooking. That was Natalie Jamanis telling us what's happening between South Africa and Australia. This is one interesting match you do not want to miss. If you're not watching, have your TV on and we'll give you some updates right here on SFM and I understand other radio stations of the SABC. Now, let's, let's get back to the subject of the issue, gentlemen. We, we, we would love to. We would love to self-regulate. Hell, all of us would love to do what we want to do. Unless we're not doing it, then the law steps in. I want to bring in callers, 0891 We're seeing things happening. We're seeing communities of faith found in issues that are beneath them or at least they're supposed to be beneath them. We have men and women who are engaged in occultic behavior, such as killing and abusive of, abuse of children and taking the law into their own hands in one way or the other. And we're trying to understand, is it not time that we regulate religion and make sure that whoever is calling him or herself a religious leader or when they call themselves religious communities, they are 
standing for these laws and rules and regulations that will apply to each and every one of them. No one will voluntarily enter or exit this community without being vetted. Hence, we're asking the question, should we regulate religion? 0891 You can find us on the SMS line. Also, their founders, 40938 on social media, hashtag Facts of Faith. And on all three of them, and on Twitter and Facebook and on Instagram, you can find us there as at SFM Radio. Now, uh, Apostle, you're listening to uh, His Highness Nkosumwe Nongonyana suggesting that there is a need, since you are failing to regulate, or at least the self-regulation has not yielded any fruits that would deter, or at least that would regulate the behavior of these members of your faith communities, there is a need. Your response? I think uh, self-regulation has worked. Um, if you look at the major denominations in South Africa, um, they have fairly managed to keep all of those members or pastors that are within their denomination in check. And there has lots of uh, there's been lots of cases that have been dealt with. Now we are talking about national uh, one national regulation regulatory setup that that everybody would subscribe to. And I think we have what we call the South African Charter of Religious Rights and Freedom, uh, when you were asking about a document. There is a document like that that is existing. As a matter of fact, the Christian Ministers Council, of which I'm leading, has about 1,900 pastors that are subscribing to us. And we then give them a code of conduct, which is a condition of, of membership, where one has to subscribe to to make sure that they have integrity within the community. Also is that now we have to bring everybody on board to make sure that we subscribe to some kind of an accord. And we, we, we agree with that. And uh, I, we are organizing uh, a meeting of not less than 1,000 pastors on the 27th of April to make sure that we look at the charter and then if it, 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 it gets through all the checks and balances, then everybody adopts it as a code of conduct. We understand the headache, the headache of society. We understand the headache of communities and the government as far as uh, people who just come and say, I'm a pastor, therefore uh, allow me in your community. And it's difficult to just go to a person and ask for their credentials. But then if somebody subscribes to a certain code of ethics, then I think that is the way. However, even when we went to Parliament uh, with the CRL, it's a pity that they are not here. But uh, even Parliament agrees with us. The Portfolio Committee and COCT agrees with us to say it's unconstitutional to go into the space of religion and try to regulate. The CRL Commission has been pushing very hard to have uh, themselves empowered so that they can be the ones that control the churches. And then we ask, who is the CRL Commission? They are a, 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 a part of faith, and they are a, a faith institution. They are a chapter nine institution. And if they then uh, sit with the power to decide who gets a license, who gets accepted, who's in, who's out, the parameters within they want to operate, do they have knowledge of, do they have expertise on, and can they be able to discern within the things of faith, spirituality, belief, and socioeconomic issues? We say no, they're not qualified to be in that space. So we will consult on our own. We will house pastors on our own roof. We will come with our own accord and then distribute that and let the pastors then subscribe to that. 
Okay. First of all, um, not all members of faith communities are part of the charter that you have just cited. It is, again, a voluntary subscription idea. And hence, I'm asking about that, which is not voluntary, but involuntary. It is a matter that you have to be there. The charter has been criticized mainly, and I'm sure you know, by the Pagan Association and many other such-like free-thinking organizations. So that document does not come even close to what I was asking you about. What I am asking you about is regulation, not a charter for your rights and responsibilities, but for what is going to be governing how you're going to be practicing your faith so that it doesn't go beyond and above of the constitutional rights of the citizens of the republic. And that's what I'm asking you about, Apostle. The, the sensitivity of the issues of freedom of religion versus, you know, uh, human rights and, and human dig- the right to human dignity and stuff is a very sensitive issue that we need to thoroughly consult on. Remember, we have never said we don't want regulation, and I think everybody should understand that. But we are saying the manner in which it is going to be out, uh, rolled out and administered, we need it needs to be a thoroughly consulted process, purely because spirituality is a very broad and sensitive space. And we want to appeal to pastors and religious leaders everywhere to say, subscribe to this. You are right when you say the charter has been criticized, and we are saying let all those who have issues or they want to say something about the charter. Come, let's tweak it. Let's fix it until it is broadly accommodating everybody. Obviously, there needs to be some degree of integrity. There needs to be some degree of accountability. We just don't want the government to retain the exclusive power of summoning pastors. Because remember, even how the CRL went about it, they summoned pastors, threatened them with jail. So they, they, they scared, they agitated the Christian community with that. Why, so why, would you su- be, why would you be scared when you're being summoned to appear and express your opinions and your regulations? What would you, what would you be afraid of? Um, the minute you are threatened with jail time, already it's an agitating thing. Hold on, say, Apostle. Like, we are like, all look, threatened look, with jail time. Everyone who doesn't want to appear before a court is in contempt of that court. Why should you be afraid of if you're not going to be breaking any laws? It is not about the breaking of the law. It is a manner of invitation. Remember, uh, uh, Naya, is that the CRL never received a complaint from anybody about what was happening. The, 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 The notion that they received a complaint from someone, that is a lie. They've never received. They just saw things on TV. That's what they say in their own report. They say, we saw things on media and we decided to act. And the CRL Act says they must act on a complaint. So when they, when they send you a, a summons, they don't say, here's a complaint against you. They say to you, come here, come and tell us what to do. If you don't come, we'll send you to jail. Okay, That's so you're it. saying they're lying. You're saying it's a plain lie. Yeah, they are lying. They okay. are lying. They are lying. <laughs> right. Nobody came to complain to them. The CRL Commission is lying. Okay, all right. I will make a personal effort to put a call through to the commission and ask them this question. You're suggesting that they're lying. Hopefully, they will be able to respond to it and hopefully will respond to this next week. You're saying they're lying. A big allegation right there, Apostle. Stand by. Naye Lupondwana on Facts of Faith. All right, I want to read some text messages for those of you who have sent some text messages and tweets. And, well, all of those who are on Facebook can find us there at SAFM Radio, hashtag Facts of Faith, SMS line 40938. Let's go to the SMSs first. One text message reads, Cults and weird beliefs must be stopped by law because they killed people worldwide. Christianity 
is broad and open for any kind of abuse by self-imposed priests. I'm not quite sure what you mean by self-imposed priests. Now the text message, by the way, that one is a sign. That one says, freedom of religion, religious belief is how humans progressed. Million died at the hands of the church fighting for this freedom from monarchy with the Magna Carta. That's hot. Thank you very much. Hot. And the tweets. Uh, there you go. The, the tweets is one from Don at uh, DM Blankfield. It reads, so some extent, yes, to some extent, yes, if it threatens lives. Okay, that's brief and to the point. Appreciate that. Another one from uh, Deborah, Debbie Edinburgh. I'm hoping I'm reading that correctly. Landless Queen at Landless Queen says, hashtag facts of faith. There is nothing divine about religion. It's all man-made rules. Hashtag regulate religion because black people are dying a slow and painful psychological and physical death because religion tells them not to think and only obey the rules of, quote unquote, God. Lendless Queen has spoken. All right. I want to continue this conversation with all of you. Please be aware that this is not an attack on, but rather an investigation on air of the facts around religious communities. Please do not feel offended if you're a member of the religious community. We are attacking you, simply saying we need to understand and investigate the facts around these matters. All right. Now, uh, uh, Your Highness, it seems as though, To an extent, we have a greater amount of people being well-regulated as far as the apostle is concerned and a very small group of people being deviant. And this you find deviance and dissent in any other community of whether it's believers or professionals or governors and so forth. We find even in the courts sometimes where you find the allegation of some court documents disappearing, there is deviance in any other forum. Why would you want this to be done to a community? of believers, and yet this is not the general practice, but the exception. Thank you very much. Um, I think we must appreciate uh, the fact that, uh, as the Apostle uh, or, or already stated, uh, he, he has, there are some groups uh, that have produced a charter, but um, uh, he also uh, acknowledged that there are others who are not part of that charter. Uh, he didn't, for instance, mention the South African Council of Churches, in what he, in what he was saying. And um, again, he did also mention uh, the commission, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and clearly also uh, 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 agree that uh, there is a freedom of association in this country. Yes, there are those like him believe in the charter, uh, but the point is, that um, uh, unless and until we have got one national um, uh, body to, to regulate uh, all the churches, uh, then um, uh, that will have his uh, powers. Uh, then uh, uh, he will be talking. Uh, because the self-regulatory and, uh, regime, um, unfortunately, uh, cannot work until uh, there is a law. Let me tell you two, two, two things, or him and all the other listeners. From the traditional leadership where I am, uh, we didn't want a government to regulate uh, initiation of boys to manhood. And uh, as you know, uh, there have been so many deaths, and uh, because there are sensitivity and cultural beliefs uh, that, 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 that we wanted to protect, but 
because there has been death. We could not win that battle because the government had to intervene because uh, there are deaths there and the government has got a responsibility in terms of the laws of the country. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't. The other one, which is an example, is sport, where I am. And uh, we started uh, having uh, the sports council and uh, we said, well, everyone there, but because of the freedom of association, others were not part of this. Hence, therefore, we were forced to actually agree that, that there must be an act to regulate that environment. The point I'm trying to make is that, uh, yes, uh, everyone, as you have already pointed out, would like to have to regulate. But if there are things that are happening uh, and which affect the broader uh, members of the, of the society, clearly the state must intervene uh, to regulate that thing because Everyone is not going to be uh, is now going to be forced by law to to be part of that uh, regulatory regime. Other than uh, the, the charter is talking about, because it is only for those who voluntarily uh, decide to be part of that. Hence, therefore, I think um, uh, to me uh, there is a compelling case here that uh, yes. Uh, let us have the environment, but what we need to do, uh, all, all religion, African religion, Muslim, Christians, whatsoever, and then and, and then participate in that in the drafting of that regulation, so that at the end we do have a commission uh, that is composed of the people that we trust will be able to then to to regulate us. Because the, the last point I want to make. Uh, in courts, be it traditional court where I am, be it in the high court where I sometimes go, there are various disputes among the churches that are there. They go to those courts themselves. Clearly there is a problem. Now that there is also this thing that is happening, the issue of caste is there, the issue of extremism is there, the issue of infiltration of faith by other people is also there. Clearly, uh, therefore, we need uh, really to, 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 to review the stance that some of, of us, including the Apostle, have of self-regulatory uh, right. uh, regulating and, 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 and clearly uh, uh, support the initiative that let there be a regime uh, that is going to, to have teeth and have got powers. Hold that thought, Your Highness. I'm going to take a call for you, and then we'll take a break and come back and have the Apostle respond. Let's go to Port Elizabeth. Billy, good morning. Let me get down into it now. Yes. Now, I don't know how good is your maths, but now a straight line graph means that the two functions on the vertical horizontal axis are in line. So, faith and reason now need to be in coherence with each other or congruent to each other. Okay. So, when faith goes by the window and, and reason that side, then there's a problem. Now, all religions need to be regulated. I can call them spiritual workers. Equally so, I will call doctors health workers and call teachers knowledge. Um, Billy, I don't know what's happening there. We're hearing beeps and not your point. All right, let's see if we can get Billy back on the line again. Billy, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, please make your point again. We, 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 we lost you there. Okay, now I was saying religions need to be regulated. Yes. I'm making my point based on this premise. 
faith and reason must be coherent to each other, like a straight line graph. Once faith goes that way and reason that way, there's a problem. Are you with me? I, I, I'm not with you because faith, by definition, is the absence of what you would term reason. By definition, there is no way people can, can breathe underwater. But then again, we have faith communities who believe people can. By definition, you cannot walk on water, but faith communities believe you can. Now, what yes. I am saying, I agree with you, what I am saying, faith and reason, having said what you just said, need to be in coherence because when they go out of cute, there's a problem. I am calling now all those of religion, be they from the Abrahamic faith or Judaism, right, with their board of, of deputies, and Islam, as the Muslim ones just said, the MJC, and Christians, SACC. Now, Naya, these bodies need to be regulated by a matter board. You can call it CRL, and there's a process underway from Mr. Luva, the chairperson. It's got to be regulated because if it is not Naya, We've been chaos because now I will wake up one morning and say God spoke to him. Now, I cannot independently verify that indeed God spoke to you. And you would expect but me to follow But why would you, you even want someone to verify that? Who cares? Now, yes. I do care. Because why? this country, now, we are very low on the human development index, right? In other words, we are not highly educated now in this country. And it is easy now for those that are not educated to be gullible. Right? In other words, they will be susceptible to the negative influence of other hold people. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, Billy. You forget that even before we had this uh, education, this Western education, we always had our own beliefs, which still are out of kilter with reason. And you're suggesting nah, yeah. that we're gullible because we are faith? Nah, yeah. Yes, I can really? talk with you until chicken come home to roost. <laughs> yes. We've got a constitution now that yes. has got fundamental values. Yes. And between me and you, those values now are consistent with the values of Judaism, of Islam, of Christianity. Hold on. Uh, hold that line. I want to take a break and come back. When come back from the break, I want, you, I want to engage you. Just hold that line and then we'll have our guests respond shortly after this. 105.2, the home of SAFM in East London. East London. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. One brief question, I'm going to let you go, Nonde. You're saying that people of faith are gullible because they believe in what is beyond reason? Did I hear you correctly, Nonde? No, 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 no. I'm saying generally. There are exceptions, of course. I'm saying generally, right? People who are uneducated or less educated, right? Western education, you're, you're, faith, when you say educated, you're referring to... Faith, tend to be gullible. In other words, Naya, I read somewhere, I'll be quick, that Moses did not actually see a burning bush, but he was actually under opium in Afghanistan, <laughs> right? <laughs> so he saw, he saw... Okay, okay. I hear you going. I, I I don't want us to even go that far. We'll have both of our guests responding. Thank you very much, Nunda. Appreciate your call. All right. Uh, let's let's touch on that very issue, uh, Your Highness. That uh, we find communities of faith being gullible because they are not educated. Would you like to respond to that? Is that what you feel as well? Uh, well, I, I think uh, I would put it mildly that, uh, of course, they are taking advantage of our, our own community, precisely because, of course, there is an element of education. But there's more uh, than that, the issue uh, of hunger. 
and uh, and and therefore they are taken advantage uh, by these charismatic churches. All but of we them. Know, but we know uh, this to have happened long before the charismatics arrived, before 1652, long before Bartholomew Diaz arrived, before the all these people who are people of faith right now did not become people of faith because of the advent of the Western and Eastern and Middle Eastern and Far Eastern religions. We've always been people of faith, including the faith, the African traditional faith, which has always been without Western education. Are you suggesting those people are, because of hunger, gullible and taken advantage of by their religious leaders in the African traditional faith? Yes, I think, in fact, we are correct uh, that even before the colonials came, we, we had our faith. But the point is, is that uh, people, when people are taking advantage of other people because they are vulnerable for whatever reason, be it uh, education, be it uh, uh, that they are poor, uh, then uh, traditional leadership would intervene and uh, so that at least people are treated with decency. And, uh, and have guaranteed their rights. Hence, here, uh, again, uh, many other of our people uh, are actually being forced to hand over everything to some of these churches, and they remain really uh, totally dependent on them. They are forced even not to go to school, and uh, because there is this charismatic leader that is there as an angel, and, uh, and therefore... But that, that, that person is actually fitting himself or herself or, 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 or on what he received from these people. But we, that's, that's, I, Your Highness, forgive me for interjecting, but that's not new to these charismatics. The, three, the, the seven angels, seven angels, oh God, no. The seven angels church is not the first one to do this. We know of traditional communities, again, without the Westerners coming or the colonialists coming, where people would have to be forced to take their wealth to His Highness's place and then live off the mercies and guidance of his highness. This, again, is not new. It does not come with the adventists of the colonialist faith. No, my brother, that is not true. And no traditional leadership or traditional leader worth the name would do that. So it, has, uh, never, we it, know, it has never happened, it, it, No, 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 no. I, I can say it has never happened. It cannot happen about a traditional leader. But if the people are actually masquerading, and they're actually using that power, abusing that power, is something else. Hence, therefore, the, the, then that institution must actually intervene itself. And if that institution cannot intervene, then the state must intervene. Okay. Because uh, we cannot allow people uh, really to, uh, to, to be treated in the manner in which they are treated because of the powers that be, be it in the church, be it, in the, uh, be it in, out, of, out of church also. All right. I want to give uh, the Apostle the final word here. Uh, Apostle, it sounds as though there may have been some misprints in your Bible. Uh, Moses was under the influence of opiate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love to, to engage the caller on that one to find out, because I'm really, really interested in that opium story. Yes. I really, really, maybe I need to expand my theology. But anyway, um, it's also not correct, uh, uh, Naya, to push this notion that uh, poor people have been taken care of. I mean, are they taking advantage of? I think that if you would even just today just drive to any, you know, Pentecostal charismatic church, just the vehicles that are parked outside there are not vehicles of poor people. So to think that people, they're poor and they're stupid and they're gullible and all of that stuff, it's truly incorrect 
uh, propaganda that is being pushed so that uh, some emotional thing can be can be you know agitated. But anyhow, I would say that it is also uh, very important for us to understand that the mistake that government will make when they try to regulate religion is very huge. I mean, I can use the recent hate speech bill as an example to say, you know, they came out with this bill and they're wanting to pass it and blah, blah, blah. And then they, they, they did not see the impact that it would have on the religious sector. And when we raised uh, the alarm and we told, you know, the department, that this is not going to work because it, it, it might be good for society, but it has a negative impact on, on, on the religious sector, then they had to pull it back. That the whole thing is that once something is enacted, Become the law. We are out of time. Forgive me for stopping you right there, Apostle. Our time is up. We'll conclude our conversation with both of our guests. Um, uh, His Holiness, president, the President of the Christian Ministers Council of Southern Africa, Apostle Julius Molloy. Thank you very much for coming through. And also, His Highness, uh, the Chairperson of the Congress of Traditional Leaders of South African Province of House uh, Traditional Leaders in the Eastern Cape, Province Nkosimoyanokonyan, Siabulelangosiam. And to our guests who left already, Sheikh Munira Abdurouf. Thank you very much to all of you for calling and for your text messages for participating in the program. From me, Nayelu Pondona, and the team, have a wonderful day and Godspeed. Up next, the news with Kirat Lala.